Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. With Trent, like any young player, there's certain things, you know, that you want to work on. His ability to drive the ball, for him to continue to do that, particularly if people are going to go under on him in pick and roll at times, he can get a rescreen and still get to the paint and find people. Defensively, I just want him to keep doing what he's doing. He's unique defensively with his length and also with his instincts. And then, you know, we want him to keep shooting the ball with confidence. And that's something that, you know, he gets a ton of reps on that. That's going to continue to be something he works on. But he does have the ability even if people are closing out short to get by and to get in the lane. And he's so poised in the lane. Quinn Snyder and what Trent Forrest needs to do to improve. Probably see a little more of Trent playing tonight as the Jazz are in Portland to meet the Blazers. No Donovan Mitchell, not on this road trip. So an opportunity for Trent Forrest to play. And the Blazers, PK, bad team, 13-20, seven games under 500, 12th in the West, but... Horrific on the road at 2-12. and 12. Decent at home, 11-8, and eight, which is actually tied for the fourth best home record in the West. So if the Jazz play well, they ought to be fine. But if they come out with a B-minus effort, then they could be in trouble. Yeah, this is the great Northwest. You know, there's a lot of trees up there, right? You've been up there. A yeah. lot of trees, aren't they? Yeah. So what you want, uh, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, you know. You just hope Trent can overcome it. Thank you for that, PK. <laughs> Do you have any any insight into the game you'd like to share? Or just gonna go right to the Steve Clowkey puns and stay there. Come on, I've never played the game. I haven't put hat on hat. What do I know? Oh, you know a thing or two. <laughs> you know what people tell you. You got a couple deep throats to keep you informed. Well, I think that, that this is what we've been saying for weeks. The Jazz continue to play their game, and they're going to be fine. You know, I think that the, the thing that they've got to do is find a way to have everybody contribute when everybody's there. Because they don't seem to have an issue of having guys do more when others are out. Now, they've been fortunate. I mean, I don't think they've lost anybody to uh, to the protocol, whereas teams in the Warriors lost last night. They got two guys out, yeah. two starters, and guys are dropping left and right with this. And your, your, your guy Dan Wolken wrote a thing for USA Today. You're just ripping the league for charging full price to bring up all these other types of players. And everybody and their dog is getting signed now. And that hasn't affected the Jazz. But what I find that you can almost, to the point of literally count on it time after time, is when somebody's down, they've got enough to overcome it. Certainly in the short term. We saw it the other night. And when they get to the playoff, what would be good is that if those guys who find ways to step up their games when guys go out, particularly Mitchell in this case, if they could still step up their games while everybody is there, then they'd really be something. Portland's got a half dozen players in those health and safety protocols. Yusuf Nurkic, Cody Zeller, Robert Covington. So uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Ben McLemore, there are some guys who are going to be missing for the Blazers tonight as the Jazz play them to above a sip for 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts at 7 o'clock with Jazz, the game night, the pre-game show right here on the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, 
Hashtag NBA. Giannis is going to launch up a three-pointer on the other side, and he'll splash it through. Do we say this guy's special? There are times when you can just shake your head. Wilson makes them both. Now Boucher comes over. They go to Embiid. Boucher tips it away. Joel gets it back, and Joel puts it in. Boucher saved it, but it went right to Embiid along the baseline. He turns and scores. Here comes Russ again. We'll back up a little bit. Down the middle. Goes LeBron. Throw it down, King. <laughs> Woo! LeBron again with the flush. One-on-one with Looney. Head fake. Puts it on the floor. Throws out of it to Rivers for three. That was no good. Rebound Joker. Put it back up and in. Finds Curry. Right side. It's a triple and it's good. It's good with 3.9 to go. The quarter ends and you can add another moniker to the Stephen Curry saga. He's now Mr. 3000. 3,000 three-pointers for Steph Curry, but they needed one more three, and they couldn't get it. The Warriors shorthanded, as you mentioned, PK. Draymond Green, the biggest name missing, and they get beat by the Nuggets. 89-86, a big block shot from Nikola Jokic right at the end of the game when it was a two-point game, and he got the block in the paint, and the Nuggets hold on and get the win. I think we're going to have to hope is when we get to the postseason that guys aren't having to sit out because of this thing. Yes, we should definitely, definitely be hoping for that. Hopefully it'll be uh, before that. But we'll see how that plays yeah, out. Yeah, but they sit out during the regular season. I know, exactly. So if they miss a game now, they were going to miss a game later anyway. Yeah. Ricky Rubio had it going. He had LeBron-like numbers. LeBron had 32 points. You heard the dunk there and there. Uh, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. Was the center for a while as the Lakers went with a small lineup and beat the Rockets 132-123. Ricky Rubio for the Cavs, 27 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. He's having a massive game, but they lose him to a knee injury and the Pelicans beat the Cavs 108-104. Rubio... uh, Hurt his knee with 2.20 to go in the fourth quarter. Helped off the court. Not putting any pressure on his leg. I couldn't tell if he went down untouched, slipped, and the knee gave out. There was one report that he stepped on somebody's foot. I couldn't quite see that. Maybe he did. But whatever it was, he was in obvious pain there as they helped him off the court. Well, you need to figure it out. I mean, you couldn't see it, so I, I don't know. what. I, I need your report. Well, how about we get your report? What would you see? Well, it was an awkward uh, move. Yeah. Whether he stepped on, so what difference does it make? I mean, the result is it was awkward, and it looked like uh, it would be something that could be painful, minimally. I don't know how long he's going to be out, if at all. I've seen worse, and guys come back, so I don't know. But it obviously was an awkward thing. Joel Embiid keeps putting up fantastic numbers, 36 points, 11 rebounds, and the Sixers beat the Raptors 114-109. to I uh, heard a Giannis highlight in there, too. He had a 28-point game. Bucks beat the Magic easily, 127-110. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Utah State opens Mountain West Conference play today in Colorado Springs against Air Force. Aggies are 9-4. Air Force is 7-4. Scotty G will have the call. The game starts at 1 o'clock in Colorado Springs. Pre-game show on 1280 The Zone starts at 1230. And you'll hear our regularly scheduled programming on 97.5 The Zone. And the game will be over on 1280 The Zone. 
BYU wraps up the non-conference slate tonight. They've got Westminster 7 o'clock on BYU TV. The Cougars are 11-3. That ought to be 12-3, and and then they'll be off the West Coast Conference play. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I wasn't a guy when I was coaching to say, I want to get out. I want to be a broadcaster. Good everyone. Dick Stockton with John Madden. I'm Vin Scully along with John Madden. But I knew after I did the first couple games that that's what I wanted to do. This is it. There's a lot of kids that have learned football by playing the Madden game where they'll say, you know, we ought to do it like they do it in the video game. And I'm thinking, holy moly, what a change. You know, it's okay to say, what are you doing? I'm going to go play Madden. John Madden, Hall of Fame coach, turned broadcaster, turned video game legend, passed away at the age of 85 yesterday. Uh, They didn't give a cause of death. It was unexpected. Madden, of course, won Super Bowl with the Raiders, coached for a decade. Highest win percentage of the coaches who have 100 wins, went into the Hall of Fame eventually, and uh, had an incredible career, cracked a lot of people up, called a lot of huge games. He was, a, he was the voice of football there for a while, PK. Uh, that's what they say, yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians currently isolated after testing positive for COVID-19. Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback Carson Wentz tested positive. He was unvaccinated, so it doesn't look like he'll be playing for a while. So the hits keep on coming in the NFL as well as the NBA. Although both the NFL and the Players Association have reached an agreement. Isolation time, five days now instead of ten for players to test positive. Okay, so that, that means they could do it on a Monday and be back to play, right? Is that the point of that? Uh, and I think it depends on the symptoms too, but possibly yes. Well, I, what do you mean the symptoms? It's whether you test positive or not. It doesn't matter, right? I think it, well, I'm not sure. I think it does matter if the symptoms go on. But a lot of the players who are vaccinated aren't having symptoms, so that becomes not an issue for them, which, to yeah. your point, can bring people back. Um, Wentz is unvaccinated. I don't, know, I don't know where he stands with symptoms or not. Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching search has begun in earnest. Scheduled an interview with Doug Peterson. Led Philly to a Super Bowl title. Also interview former current Colts, or excuse me, former Colts and Lions head coach Jim Caldwell, in addition to putting a request to interview people who currently have jobs. Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. So they got a long list of people they're talking to. Defensive coordinator Dan Quinn there in Dallas, too. Okay. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So on first down, now another play fake. And again, trying to get away. Stays alive and throws a pick. Threw it right to the defender. Down the sideline, Merlin Robertson is going to be tracked down from behind. The ball comes out. I don't believe it. Algier. Tyler Algier chased him down and not only tackled him, he stripped it. And then it was the quarterback, Jaron Hall, who followed the play and hustled down and fell on the football. Tyler Algiers forced fumble against ASU. A big play. Algier had a big season. Ran for 1,601 yards. Broke Luke Staley's school single-season rushing record. 23 rushing touchdowns for Algier leading the country, and he has announced he's going pro. Off to the NFL to cash in. 
Yeah, good for him. I hope it works out. He's just a big-time success story. And I love the fact that he played in the Independence Bowl and then, after he's done, decides to do this rather than taint the bowl game and all you people who came after me. Taint, 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 taint. (laughs) We can get into that later. (laughs) That was bizarre yet hilarious. We wish him well, man. We love this type of story. All of us love this oh. type of story. Walk-on kid, linebacker, linebacker running back, right? linebacker again, running back again, and then just ran so well when he got the ball. And, you know, last year, oh, it's a cake schedule. Well, this year they had seven Power 5 teams. And what did he do? I mean, he obviously he did well. And then he, I think, what did he get, like 96 against Utah? Which, if you get 96 against Utah, that's like getting 150 against most teams. Bowl games, Air Force getting another win for the Mountain West. They beat Louisville 31-28. to The Mike Leach Bowl, Texas Tech, his former school, blowing out his current school, Mississippi State, 34-7. Yeah, Mississippi State had like 16 guys out, they said, or something. I tried to watch it. I did I too. Just, uh, I just couldn't, couldn't care. Yeah, I just couldn't uh, get into it. I, I had my, not my heart said that's too strong, but I had my evening plan to On watch the Bruins. Yeah. yeah, because it's a Pac-12 team, and then they canceled uh, right before the NC State coach felt that the, he was lied to or whatnot. So that didn't work. I watched a little bit of the Madden stuff on Fox and then uh, got into the Nuggets and Warriors game. Houston beat Auburn 17-13, 20th ranked Houston picking up a win over an SEC school there. Auburn finishes 6-7. And And Minnesota beat West Virginia. Have to keep our eye on Big 12 teams going forward there, PK. Big 10 gets a win over the Big 12. Well, yeah. Well, Houston, 12-2, man. They're a Big 12 team. Yep. At some point here, I don't know when, but uh, and that was a day game there, so that was okay. It was easier to watch. And I was watching Houston because of the fact that uh, they will be in. And I did watch a little bit of the West Virginia game. Not, not, um, I wasn't locked down on it, but I kept flicking back. Schedule for today, Maryland and Virginia Tech, Pinstripe Bowl, Yankee Stadium. That's noon on ESPN. Clemson and Iowa State, Big 12 school right there. In the Cheez-Its Bowl, 345 on ESPN. And then a Pac-12, Big 12 game, Oregon and Alabama. Uh, excuse me, Alabama. Oh, Oregon and Oklahoma, number 14 Oregon, number 16 Oklahoma. In the Alamo Bowl, 715 on ESPN. The Alamo Bowl, that's the last bowl I've covered. And hopefully it won't be the last, because if it is the last, then that's a big story either way. Right. Either I don't do any more bowl games or I've died. (laughs) San Diego State standout punter Matt Arrays has entered the NFL draft after winning the Ray Guy Award. So, off to the pros. What is Trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801. 295-1690. 295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Matt Brown, publisher of Extra Points, covering college football and college athletics. He's an Ohio State grad. We'll get Matt Brown's perspective on the Rose Bowl and the Buckeyes and the Utes. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Mike Smith, Jazz Studio Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet, will join us to talk about the Jazz and the Blazers tonight. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's official. The Utes are the 2020.
2021 Pac-12 champs and are heading to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. What better way for the Utes to make their inaugural trip to the Rose Bowl than a battle against Ohio State? Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the Utes' historic trip to Pasadena. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes in the Rose Bowl is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text hair at 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or visit www.utahairmd.com. Question of the morning. If the Utes win the Rose Bowl... Where would it rank among the program's all-time accomplishments? Well, not very high since these guys have opted out. So, you know, who cares? Sarcasm. Wrong, <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. This would be the best accomplishment they've ever had. I don't get how you can com- connect Utah to these guys opting out this has nothing to do with utah this burst basically has nothing to do with the game it's the prestige of the rose bowl is the point the game goes on with or without them and you play the game to it will be played obviously and and if you win you win i'm just talking about the prestige of the game the granddaddy but so many utes and they're just people pick on as mentality just took it wrong and i'm thankful that you did take it i mean you can take it wrong just take it and i mean it's still the number one red story up on the website over there that website across the street is very very popular i'm setting records setting <laughs> records i am is the elias sports a, bureau tracking them i get a track the numbers page, baby buck a page view sweet i am I am just going to be in the money. Going to buy another home down there. You can have your awards. You can buy another home down there. Yeah, buy another home down there in Manhattan Beach. Oh, jeez. I'm going to Maui now. Uh, The fans responding. Some are uh, right there with you. Aaron says, if the youth win, it'll be right there at the top. And then he goes straight to the rivalry. Why fans will spend their existence diminishing it in every way possible because they can't handle reality. There's no diminishment at all. None. Zero. John says, well, against a depleted the Ohio State team, it would mean like uh, beating a Mountain West Conference champion. Not true. Not true, man. I just don't see that at all. Ohio State has one stud after another. So these guys take off. So be it. If the Utes manage to win, celebrate wildly. You won the Rose Bowl. That 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 says it all, man. The the stuff that it'll do for your program, it's literally immeasurable. And for your university for that matter. It's already doing a lot just having an appearance in it, but to actually win it would just be just off the charts incredible. Michael says, shouldn't this question read if the Utes play in the Rose Bowl. Michael, that type of negativity. 
Well, they're going to play in the Rose Bowl. I don't understand. What do you mean, if? Well, I think he's saying it's going to be canceled like the Holiday Bowl and the Fenway Bowl and whatever else. I don't think so. Josh says it would rank right behind the youth picking Tyler Huntley over Zach Wilson. Man, the rivalry in all things, huh? What does that mean, picking Tyler Huntley over Zach Wilson? Wasn't there, that they never were in different, rec- different recruiting classes, yeah. Don't, don't bother people <laughs> with the facts. <laughs> it was not. Uh, he wants to go Jack Tuttle. Yeah. He can. The guy but, who uh, never played for the Utes and transferred to Indiana and isn't playing much and yeah. He's actually expected to be their starter moving forward. We'll Next see. year, maybe, uh, huh? We shall see. You yeah. don't know. Good for him. Warren, oh, is Ohio State going to grace us with their presence? Yes. They will be, they will be there, I promise you. Steven says, I think it'll be uh, number one. Alabama, number two, beating Pitt in the Fiesta Bowl. Number three, Pac-12 champs, and number four, Rose Bowl champs. No. I can't see this game being ranked fourth. Come on now. It's ranked first. The granddaddy. The most most exposure your program will ever have or has ever had. And you're doing it as a Pac-12 team. You know, you were thought of kind of an odd, uh, almost, well, yeah, we got to let you in type of thing. Uh, when you were in the Mountain West. Here, they don't have to let you do anything. You earn the right to be there, and you'll be taken that much more seriously. Chris says, number two, right behind the Sugar Bowl, right? Nah. I think this is way bigger than the Sugar Bowl. I I really believe that. I think you can cash in on it. People looked at it as sort of, uh, well, yeah, good for you. You got in there one time. Here they've been knocking on the door of this thing for three years, and they got the thing done, and you beat Oregon like you did. like Beat them like a drum, man. My gosh. Both times in less than uh, you know two weeks of span. So this is a big, big deal, and... If they finish this thing off, wow. And plus two, so much attention on the program. Unfortunately, it comes uh, to a degree. Obviously, they'll play up uh, the two players who lost their lives. And that'll be something that I'm sure will be mentioned because this will be a broad audience. For all of us, we've heard the story many, many times over. But folks who tune in, you know, they may not have, and so you know they're going to have something to what degree. They're certainly going to talk about it, and so that this brings untold amount of attention to your program. And then if you go out and win, man, wow, what an accomplishment that would be. I mean, it would, it, to me, it would rank number one. 30 years of building to get to this moment. Yeah, I mean, you can go longer than that if you want. J.H. says, don't you guys mean when they win the Rose Bowl? And then it'll be number one because it is the granddaddy. Okay, yeah. Well, if you're that confident, so be it. I'm not. I'm going to pick him to win, but I'm not, not going to the point <laughs> not of when. I'm not going to say this. I win. 
Yeah, I mean that's not a it's not a guarantee by any stretch to me. And these players opting out, I don't think it removes any luster off this game. Zero, nothing. In fact, I think it says more about Utah's program. That's what I think. And I took a ton of abuse on this thing, and it's me. So, I mean, I could write the sky's blue, and people are going to think, well, that's because you're a Cougar fan or something. You know, they're going and, and, and I've, to – and I've earned that reputation to a degree of you're going to be skeptical because of what I say. And we've said many, many times over, you know, you say something – and it gets back, and I'm criticized. One of our own employees, you said something about air supply, and he goes on Facebook before he worked with us and ripped me. Yeah. And I never said a thing about air supply. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it must have been you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Nothing, no, no. I don't know what to tell you. 70 Soft Rock doesn't do it for me. I'm out. Fine. But it's your fault. But it's what, your Whatever. Fault. I, I don't I care. I mean, to me... If, if I don't like something, all I got to do is change the channel and away I go and I find something that I like. So I didn't say anything. The point being, you ripped uh, 70 soft rock group, as yep. you said, and I took the abuse. So I, I understand that's part of the deal here. Uh, but I think the point, one of the points that I was trying to make and I put in there in the piece that I wrote, it's on KSL. It's number one. I mean, it's setting records. I mean, mod on. And... It screams to the family nature, family on three, family on three, that everybody from Utah's program who's declaring for the draft is still going to play in the game. And to me, that says volumes about it. But people miss that. I think, I think some Utah fans still have a small-time mentality. And we're picked on. You got to get past that, guys. That's You're not picked on. That's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and gonna, all I could think of, I was talking to my wife about it yesterday, is that, you know, they're back in the day when they were the second fiddle at maybe even third fiddle. I don't know what Utah State was doing, but second fiddle to BYU, and BYU was the dominant. And these people still remember that, even if they're uh, not young, uh, old enough to experience it, they know of it. And so any little form of criticism, I mean, your guy's son's on there. The Can't you do anything positive about Utah? Yeah, go read and listen. My goodness gracious. I go overboard in praising the program. But any little thing, they get all excited. And I, and I think it's just they, they're still striving for respect. Well, you don't need to strive for it anymore. You've got it. You've got it in spades. This is not a criticism of your program. And all your guys are going to play. So it screams even more they're doing it the right way. Now, see, so you're being me. You're being logical, but that's not what it's about. But that was the point behind it. But you miss the point, and you take it as a slight to Utah. This is actually a praise to Utah, not a slight. Look at those guys over there thinking of themselves. And I've got no problem with them thinking of themselves. But the point is that's looking, thinking of themselves, whereas your program, hey, man, we're going to go, and yeah, we're going to declare and go prepare after the game. Because we're all in. We're not in the way. That's a tribute, and they miss that. 
Small-time mentality. you got to get past that. You're big-time now. You're as big-time as it gets on this side of the country. Well, it doesn't feel like it. Well, nah, I mean, you're just being silly. <laughs> I get a little bit of it because you're sitting there a couple years ago and you're getting ready to play in a Pac-12 title game and you're thinking there's a shot at the playoff and Paul Feinbaum comes on and says, nobody wants to watch Utah. So you can say that you're as big time as it gets on this side of the country and there's truth to that. I mean, you can sit there and go over win-loss records and title game appearances and all that kind of stuff. And there's and, and rankings, and the, you will put a thing out about how many times they've been like ranked in the, uh, in the college football committee's, uh, playoff committee's rankings. And, and so there's all these things that you could measure it by. But a lot of the people who set the tone for the national discussion aren't on this side of the country. And everything on this side of the country gets dismissed. So if you felt dismissed 30 years ago, and there's been this long climb, and you almost get to the top, and you get dismissed again, you're never going to let it go. I mean, you're just not. Yeah, but that was two years ago. That's yeah. not now. That's not that. That that's the great thing about the Rose Bowl is you don't have to have a beauty pageant quality. That's why this is so awesome. It is the best thing in college football that you earn. You don't need somebody to appoint you to it. This isn't a judgeship here. This is something that you unilaterally, without question, qualify to earn. You don't need Paul Feinbob's opinion on this. It doesn't matter. You don't need who's ever on that committee. I don't know who's on that committee. I'd have to look it up. I'm sure I'm aware of their names once I went, but I don't remember them. And if I looked at them, I'm sure there, there might be a couple people that I don't know, but probably everybody, I, uh, most of them, at least I know their background to one degree or another. But it's voted on. This isn't voted on. That's the beauty of it, that there's no vote involved. And it's not like the NCAA tournament where they have 60-some and they do vote, essentially. But once you get in, and, and Larry Kristobak used to say this all the time, and I agree with him 100%, you know, you need some type of format so they create this committee and they seed you. But once the ball goes up, the seeds don't matter. It's just about the talent. So you overcome the vote to get in, right? Because there's so many of you that you get in and you play the game and the winner advances and the loser goes home. So the seeding, once the game starts, is irrelevant. Well, not in the college football. The seeding is, there's only four of you, so getting in is the most significant thing. But it's somewhat of a beauty contest, and it's not really 100% fair. The SEC rarely plays road games, and they only play eight conference games, and they schedule the Citadel and Akron and, and so forth and so on, incarnate word before your big game so you can have a bye. I mean, they do it with the intent to get as many teams in, and they spend as much as possible to get as many teams in, right? Well, great. Good for them. But the Rose Bowl here, there's only one way to get in it, and that is to win your conference, and the Utes did that. So this isn't a beauty contest. That's another reason why it's so freaking special, is you don't need anybody's respect. All you got to do is win. 
They've done it, and now they're there. And if they beat Ohio State, where are you going to rank it? Final Four, Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl? Well, if you want to go beyond football, that's fine, too. But I, they're, they're, this would be nothing comparable. On the mountaintop. Yeah. And I don't care who's available, who isn't available for Ohio State. It has zero to do with Ohio State and those guys. Sucks for them. A few of their players opted out. But you're supposed to have one five-star after another. So go ahead. You got Marvin Harrison's son, who's a receiver there. And uh, now is his time, man. Jump up there and get the ball caught. Throw it your way. Make some plays. This is your coming out party. The way if you want to look at it that way. And the Utes, they're going to finish it. I guess maybe I didn't emphasize that enough because I think it says a lot about their program that every last one of them, and there's several who have already declared, have said, yeah, and we're going to play in this game. Just like Tyler Algier did. He could have sat out the Independence Bowl. The Independence Bowl. Who cares about that? And it's played in a driving rainstorm. It was miserable. But no, he went and finished it. For those guys who don't want to finish it, I support their right to do it 100%. But I want to praise the guys who do finish it. And he's a running back, too. Every time he touches the ball, he's going to get hit. Receivers can go out there and just sort of, hell, if it's a place to sweep left and you're on the right side, you can go pick daisies. Jog up there, bump the guy. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right. And never mind all the times you run patterns, the ball's thrown to the other side of the field, and you don't get hit. Yeah. So you're rarely getting hit. That's why receivers are divas. Right? But that one time you trenches. go across, that one time you go across the middle, look out. Oh, well, a bit zone, and you read man, look out. All right, fine. And then you could sort of protect yourself and don't. But the running running backs are getting hit on almost every play. I suppose once in a while they go out on a pass pattern and the ball gets thrown somewhere else and they don't get hit. But between having a block, pick up defensive linemen, pick up blitzers, and then obviously when you run the ball, then you got the target on you. Well, yeah, it's to the point where Algier had to take himself out against SC. (laughs) Because he was gassed. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't the running back who was going to get seven yards, or excuse me, uh, seven carries a game. He was going to get his 20, 25 carries. He was going to hit a lot. Right. And he took himself out because he was so tired. And he knew that the third-team guy, McChesney, would be more fresh. And so he would be better able to help the team in that moment, which he did. He looked like he was a brand-new guy who just got there and everybody else had run 15 marathons i mean you could see it watching it on television well this guy's got fresh legs and everybody else was gassed and this whole thing of of well you didn't get to go to the title suppose they would have lost to somebody else uh say penn state and because you already had the loss to oregon well, at that point, if you lose to Penn State, and that was a fairly close game, I think it was like 9 or 10, uh, and it was, uh, what, uh, late October, early November. Well, that eliminated you then, too, right? You weren't going to get in with two. No Big Ten team's going to get in with two. So should they have sat out those games? Right? Because you're, you're out of the playoff hunt at that point. 
So where does this end as far as this goes? And if that, that's what they choose, so be it. They have that, have the right to choose that. But where does that – they just so happen that they lost the second game uh, as the last game. But right. if it had The second come loss earlier, was the 12th game. But if they had lost the second time in the game six, seven, eight, whatever. Yeah. Do you sit out then? Nobody's done it yet, but I suppose they shouldn't rule it out because they see your logic, and at some point somebody else might see your logic. Because if you're really good, and this is your apprenticeship or this is your minor leagues, you don't want to risk the big payday. So nobody's done it yet, but that doesn't mean somebody won't do it next year or in five years or whatever. The, the money is enormous. It is life-changing. And we know, because players have told us, that Jalen Johnson didn't he, – he was talking to us about, yeah, I was recruited by all these schools. And, oh, Oklahoma's undefeated. Don't you wish you, know, you could have been there on that? He says, nope, I want to go to the NFL. This place was going to prepare me for the NFL, and it is preparing me, so I'm real comfortable with what I've done. Paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. He wasn't there for the winning. I mean, you want to win because you're playing, but the real prize was be prepared for the NFL, and now he's playing in the NFL. So he had a goal. He picked a place that helped him reach his goal, and now he's gotten to his goal. That's what yeah, we tell young years. people all the time. Yeah. You set oh, your yeah. goals. Know, know what's important to you. So he did. And be focused. Yeah. And Jalen was, and he knew he was going to play yeah. three years because that was the point of which he becomes eligible. And away he's gone, and he's been starting for the Bears, and that's a great story too. So I hold nothing against these Ohio State guys who are doing what they're doing. I'm more about praising the Utes for doing what they're doing because that's pretty doggone cool. Well, there are a lot of cool accomplishments, obviously, and and we know that we you know Final Four, Sugar Bowl, Fiesta, BCS, Buster, all that stuff. But Chris says this would have to be number one especially considering the adversity the team faced this year. And when you throw that in there, how can you argue? What they had to overcome, all those other teams had to overcome stuff, but they didn't have to overcome two teammates dying. And that was brutal, and I'm sure it continues to be brutal at some level, uh, but to overcome that and do all this winning, incredible. Yeah, the story is remarkable from that perspective. In my mind, I sort of separate the two, but if you don't want to separate the two, that's fine, too. DJ and PK, more of your reaction coming up. And we've got Mike Brown, publisher of Extra Points, covering college football and college athletics. He's an Ohio State grad as well, so maybe he's got his heart in a little bit. He's definitely got his, uh, his professional career in a little bit. We will talk with Matt coming up at 20 minutes. We'll talk Rose Bowl with him. And Mike Smith, jazz studio analyst at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. He covers Ohio State for The Athletic. Bill Landis. You know, there are people on the Michigan side questioning Ohio State's toughness. And, and one of their assistant coaches, I, I believe, said that Ohio State was, was kind of a soft, finesse team. And obviously that's never something you want to hear somebody say about your program. So I'm interested to see if there's carryover from that going into this Rose Bowl. Because we all know that, that Utah wants to play the same kind of way. They, they want to play a physical brand of football. And Ohio State just kind of got challenged a little bit by Michigan. And, you know, I guess that can go one of two ways. They can just kind of roll over and kind of end the season and not, not worry much about putting up a fight. But I would say there's some pride in the line for Ohio State, too, because I don't think they want to go out in a fashion where it's, you know, back-to-back games where you're getting pushed around like that. 
What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Bill Barr. Whether it's double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia, or salted caramel, enjoy Bill Bar. 100% real chocolate, 100% real delicious. Order yours today at Built.com and save 10% off your order using the promo code ZONE at checkout. That's Built Bar. Question of the day, if the Utes win the Rose Bowl, where would it rank among the program's all-time accomplishments? Unfiltered Rhino says, first... Followed by the sugar and then the fiesta. Neil, Rose Bowl one, sugar two, fiesta three. I think that I would put the Pac 12 title game a couple weeks back ahead of the fiesta. But behind the sugar? I can do I can go with that since it was Nick Saban in Alabama, only his second year. I looked up uh Trying to figure out how loaded that team was or wasn't. Four guys drafted that year, seven the next year. Which team? That Alabama team. So it had a lot of NFL guys on it, but not as many as it was going to. Right, because they were just getting started. Mm -hmm. He was going to ramp it up. Yeah. And now they're getting to a point where they'll have seven, eight, nine guys drafted consecutive years. Oh, yeah, yeah, so for sure. If it would have really been like loaded. year four or five of Nick, that would be something. And they but didn't they, have they, – they hadn't turned the program around. It was, it was a few years, actually, before you'd do it where he'd make it more quarterback-dependent, open oh, yeah, it up yeah, yeah. more, you know, the, the quarterback. Well, John Parker Wilson throw, threw for like 2,200 yards. Yeah. I mean, Bryce Young threw for 4,000-plus this year. The, Julio Jones was on that team. And he was and, open deep and got missed. And, <laughs> he, did, he did not have 1,000 yards receiving. No. They had multiple guys this year who had 1,000 yards, yards receiving. receiving. They still had the 1,000-yard rusher, but they were far more tailback-oriented. You can, you can just see it. It's like looking at the advancement of the three-point shot. Yeah. You look is. at the number. I, D- Duncan Robinson for the Miami Heat took 16 threes last night. Stockton in his second year didn't even take 16 the whole season. And so you can just you can just track it looking at the numbers. Okay, here's when it, it's like the steroid era in baseball. Okay, here's when guys were really doing it. You just look at the numbers, and it, it just tells you just jumps right off the page. And with Nick Saban, you can see. Okay, here's when they he really had it going on, and then and they were off and running. I mean, that was a very good team. I'm not going to discount that. And Utah, Utah had a great team that year, very much so. I mean, they played. They did play two ranked teams in TCU and BYU, but it's like, oh, yeah, you're only ranked because you beat up on a bunch of dogs. Well, not that the Pac-12 is all that great, but, you know, you did hammer Oregon twice, and if you should beat Ohio State with or without these four dudes, I mean, if the quarterback took off, maybe. But I don't think there's going to be any asterisk, yeah, but if if uh, the Utes win this ball game, I, I, re- I really don't. I don't. I don't see it at all. All right, DJ and PK, we got more on the Rose Bowl coming up. Matt Brown, publisher of Extra Points, covering college football and college athletics, is going to join us here in a few minutes, and we will talk with him about the Rose Bowl. He's coming up on the other side of this break. Stay with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.